Welcome to the very first episode of Other Duties as Assigned, a podcast that's recorded out of the garage at the Georgia Cyber Center. My name is Kaylee. I will be your host today. And co-hosting and producing, we have Josh Duffy with us. For our first guest, you will hear from Michael Schaffer, who is the Executive Vice President for Strategic Partnerships and Economic Development at Augusta University. He is also kind of the strategic officer behind the Georgia Cyber Center and was deeply involved in the strategy behind our mission here. We hope you enjoy this episode and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us this morning, Michael. Glad to be here. (laughs) Will you uh, give us your three things that are most important to you that people should know about you? And whether that's, um, you know, personal story, whether it's philosophy or uh, work ethic, leadership style, whatever it is, what are the three things that you think are most important? Um, I guess, well... That's a good. That's a good question. <laughs> Stumped you already? <laughs> yeah, stumped already. Um, I don't know. I I view myself as a pretty simple person. Uh, I've been blessed to um, uh, be able to work for uh, several people who I looked at as mentors, and because of that, uh, my job was to uh, help make you know being in the political world for a while. Uh, to make sure that uh, they were successful and um, understanding and doing that, which means I did a lot of work behind the scenes, which I loved because ultimately you saw a lot of your work come to fruition. So um, I always say about myself generally behind the scenes, just someone that loves to try to help get people together and solve problems. Uh, Secondly, I guess is a proud father. I don't know, it's probably one of my biggest accomplishments is raising a son. That's been uh, pretty important through my entire life and my career. Um, thirdly, um, work ethic. Um, I love to work. An idle mind, my mother always told me, was a dangerous thing. Boy, was that true. <laughs> so I enjoy uh uh, being with people and trying to solve problems. So um, with that, it's a joy when I go to work and do what we do because I feel like we, you know, we make a difference, and uh, you can see that. I think that's one of you know one of the first things that I noticed about you and working with you is that um, your leadership style is very unique in that you are part of a team and you don't um, you don't put yourself as the head of the team. Anytime you're around a table with anyone's around a table with you or in a meeting with you, you don't want to sit at the head of the table. You don't want to be the chair of that of that meeting or whatever it is. Um, you put yourself in a level playing field with everyone. Well, it's a. Um... I'm also opinionated. There's no doubt about that, right? But to your point, everybody's thoughts and opinions um, is important. And ultimately, when you get people approaching a problem from many different angles, um, from whatever their job is that they are doing, um, it's important and typically you get a much better solution. So, I think that's one of the most unique things about this project, the Georgia Cyber Center as a whole, is that we have so many different people. We have industry, we have academia, we have government. We have all of those people on one campus. Um, Which just provides so many varied perspectives. Right, and the diversity that's here yes. of the people within those organizations is immense. And I know the people that came together to work on this project, too, from the the start of it. Um, So if you could tell me the infamous story about that cocktail napkin, Um, I think that Josh and I take it for granted a little bit working here every day that uh, this used to be Augusta Golf and Gardens, right? Just a few years ago, this was not here. And now you drive by it and you're like, whoa, when did those buildings come up? So how did did that happen? Class A. (laughs) <laughs> structures go up with beautiful a, right, with on the, the river parking deck you've ever seen <laughs> yeah <clears throat> well you know I'll, I'll give some context to that because it's important right so you know when Augusta learned army cyber was going to move here right you know you get the excitement right um and 
suddenly all your normal, your, you know, your civic groups, everybody, they go in to, um, to start working on messaging. we got to get prepared. So all that's going on, and it's all very, very important. So I want to make sure everybody understands that there's a lot of people whose voices were heard. Right. Um, but with my relationship and having been in government for 26 years um, and being in this community for a lifetime, it's those relationships, you know, you lean on those professionally. So one of those relationships, of course, was with the governor's office. And so after a period of time, uh, a good good friend and uh, was the chief of staff of the current, at that time, Governor Deal, uh, had come to Augusta and... Um, we were having a cup of coffee in a local coffee place, and we were sitting there and um, 7 a.m. in the morning and got into a discussion about what was going on. And at a point, you know, got a napkin sitting there, and, you know, you're, you're talking and bring up this idea of, you know, we need a training and innovation center like we've done for the Kias and the Baxters, you know, in Georgia. And he Mm -hmm. says, well, how much? And I'd gone a lot of places and asked that question, right? I'd been to Maryland. I'd been to Texas. And uh, I said, well, I don't really know. I said somewhere between 20 and 100 million. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big number. It's a a range. He says, well, you're going to have to kind of, you know, get that range, you know, bring (laughs) that in a little bit. And um, he says, all right, I'll give you, he says, uh, I'll be speaking. He says, give me 24 hours. 24 hours. He says, all right, you got to give me a number. Wow. I said 30. Ultimately, somebody I will not name said, well, go big or go home. And it ended up at 50. So there's the story. So there actually was a napkin. I don't know that I actually wrote numbers on it, but, um, (laughs) um, 7 a.m. in the morning. And from that, uh, I went back and got those coffee mugs. That's a true story. That's great. We need to frame that cocktail napkin. Do you still have it? I don't know if I have the napkin. Oh, I have to look no. at a box. But I went back and got the coffee mugs. And, That's great. Uh, when the groundbreaking, I put a note in them and handed it over to him. That's awesome. So, yes. How has the project evolved since that original idea? I know we're years later. Um, what, you know, what was the original intent? Did you see it happening just like it's happened? Well, uh, I think Josh might have said, you know, the big thing of traveling and listening to others was it wasn't Michael that came up with government, academia, and industry, right? right? That was something we were listening to the leadership at the fort. But as I traveled to other communities that where it already existed, where you already had a um, NSA and a and a DOD facility together, trying to learn what did y'all do to get be so successful. They would repeat the same story to be successful, and I would ask if you could change because remember they were already a decade into their community mm-hmm. in fifteen mm-hmm. years. What would you do? And there were two things that were said wherever I went. Was one they were repeating government, academia, and industry. And when I would look at their community, they did not have a building with them in. They may have a complex or they may have a campus, but they were not in the same building. And the second thing was do not let government or academia run it. And that's coming from academia and government people. Um, Of course, you can't accomplish that. We've here done our best to make it look like that's not it. but To kind of un-government... That's right. As much as we can. As much as you can. But at yep. the end of the day, when the government spends $100 million, um, they're going to have a say-so in what you're doing, rightly so. Um, but their point was not to avoid that or avoid um, any sort of rules and regulation. It was to try to act like a company and be nimble. That's what everybody was after. So having said that, I think we've been successful. We have done what others refer to as a unicorn, as we put government, academia, and industry into one building. And I'll never forget, it was a year ago, I was going to a meeting in Atlanta, and I walked in, and they were questioning what was going on, why it was different, et cetera. And I said, well, let me give you a story. Before I got in the car to drive here, I came down the elevator, 
or I was going actually going up the elevator, and I said, in the elevator with me was stood somebody with a gun on their hip, a student with a backpack, and a young member of the military and their fatigues. I said, where else do you go and do that in right. a building? Right. Right? Yep. So I think we're, we're close. I think we're further ahead than I would have thought we were, and that's uh, um, a compliment to the, our resident partners who are already here. Um, but I know we're just now beginning to grow the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, knowing who is our foundational members here on this campus, um, we're off to a great start. So you mentioned the ecosystem, and that is something that we're trying to build. And a large part of that is happening organically, just as people move down here and kind of the faces change um, in Augusta, and we're getting more people who are tech and cyber-focused. Can you talk a little bit about what makes a good partner and what makes them a good fit in this space and how they're able to contribute to what we're building here? So, you know, we try to remind is we get a lot of people that come to look because it is a beautiful facility and you know there is a wow factor and i think that would happen if these buildings were in any city but certainly for augusta um but the state of georgia didn't build just class a office space right that that's for the not sake, for the sake of having that's right. class A office space. Right. Exactly. That you know, you leave that to the commercial sector, to others to do that. What was built was space and then very intentionally of who comes into the space. So number one, as we've referred to, government, academia, and industry. So when we think about the partnerships, so you've got academia with a technical college system, with a university system in the building. In government, you have GBI in the building, so state government in that function, National Guard, another state function, and um, then you've got um, who else do you have? You have uh, the Department of Defense, and then you think about to who are um, commercial folks, right? Uh, to the industry part. That's the part where we have made sure we have gotten a lot of interest, but we have really and I mean this, I've sat down with every one of them and you interview them and ask the question, what, how will you use your space, right? And the whole point was to make sure this is an administrative office. What are you doing? What are you creating? And one of two ways, are you doing innovation? And how are you going to give back to the, the greater good of the campus? And what you have found is they embrace that right? The people who are here on the ground embrace that. They're like, oh my gosh, yes, having access to the 500 plus students that are walking through, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the the opportunities for them to have a talent pool and then for the universities and the technical school to have internship possibilities. So those things happen, to your point, kind of organically. It just starts. We're just getting... You're really looking for people that embrace that elevator situation that you brought up. Absolutely. Like, are you are are you truly going to embrace the uniqueness of that? Like, right, right. And as y'all know, we we do what we call force collisions, right? So we have um, collaborative places for people to meet, right? Uh, we have social hubs instead of every single tenant having their own kitchen. I'll tell a story because this tells you how the people here buy into it by being on the campus. One of our industry partners who were here, they understood it. They were here. They were watching. They knew they wanted to move in. When it came time to sign the lease, the attorneys on the West Coast had never seen a lease that says you can't have your own kitchen. I mean, you're talking about an international company. Well, the email was was quite colorful back, wondering what in the hell are y'all doing in Augusta, Georgia? But the difference was their people on the ground understood it. Yeah. Ultimately, they saw it our way. <laughs> they bought into the idea. They bought into the idea. They understood it. So uh, it's been fascinating to watch. But back to the start of the this answer, we're not Class A office space. And we do ask everyone, you got to give back. 
And I think they do. I think, you know, Parsons in particular runs quarterly CTFs and they invite our students and they invite community members to come in here. And not only does that, you know, give a community member who might be trying to build a skill set an opportunity to practice that skill set in a training center like this, but it also gives the community a chance to be here and be a part of this as it's growing. Um, And, you know, the clubhouse does beer and bites monthly and they invite community members and members of their organization and everyone who works in these buildings. So, you know, we try to ask them to buy into it, but they're, they're totally in it. They are, they see the value and um, they want to benefit from it. So. Yeah. It's, you know, you have to prime the pump a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I agree with you, you know, and and as we continue to have more people on the campus, as we fill up the second building, right, which we're almost there, you're right. It happens. Um, And and Parsons is a great example of that. Um, It's been exciting to see, but that goes over, you know, to clubhouse, just the activity they were already doing, which was and to have them as one of our base tenants has been, excuse me, has been a, as a great tenant as well. Yeah. The energy they bring yeah. is it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, how do you think that downtown has, has changed since this building or not this building, these buildings have come up. You know, we see people every day walking to lunch, going to get drinks after work, um, people flying down from other states and other countries to visit our partners and then going out into the community. What transformation have you seen downtown? Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, the people that you see every day, as there's windows throughout this campus, right? You see people walking constantly downtown. When I go downtown, um, you know, you spot people either because you can spot their their badge mm-hmm. or you can spot because you know they've walked there from a conference or some sort of meeting or training you session. Saw them that's in the hallway or saw them somewhere. Yep. That's right. Um, and that's pretty cool to watch, right? Right. Um, but I do think it is the differences of the different cultures of where people are coming from. You know, we have always talked about, wow, look at Greenville as an example, right? And you think about when BMW moved there. Well, it wasn't just BMW. Then it was all their suppliers. So then you had French companies. If I walk through downtown Greenville anymore, you'll hear different languages being spoken. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not at, we're not there, but where we are as we do have people coming in all the time that are coming from, you know, whether it's Seattle, whether it's Chicago, whether it's Texas. I mean, they're coming from everywhere, and they're here in Augusta. Um, and they're not here just on a week's vacation or here for an event. They're here. They've moved here. They're either training here. They're working here. And all of those different experiences, you're starting to see creep into some of the activities that happen downtown. Absolutely. One of my favorite things is to walk downtown for lunch. And especially when you go to farmhouse and you see that line of people, farmhouse is one of the closest restaurants to here. So it gets hit a lot by people who work and um, come here to visit. But when you walk in and you see that line of people and you see every other person or every other group either has a Georgia Cyber Center badge or they have the visitor sticker on. Um, And it's just awesome to see them lined up like that. And they're so easy to point out. It is. It's fun to walk in on that. So as we're building our ecosystem here and we're trying to cultivate, um, you know, I think Jason and Clay from DDS have said it best as people that they're familiar with and that make them feel like home are moving to Augusta and they're developing this community of people who are like-minded or people that they've known from other duty stations or teaching at West Point or whatever it is. Um, they feel more comfortable here and Augusta does start to feel like where they belong and where they want to be. And they're less likely to leave once their job is done here. Um, How do you think downtown is, and not just downtown, but the community as a whole, how do you think the ecosystem in Augusta is changing because of the ecosystem on this campus? So, you know, I've always talked about wanting the Georgia Cyber Center not to be a place that sucked all the air out of the downtown, but to be the carrot to draw 
right? And we've already discussed a little bit of that by seeing the bodies that go downtown, right? You know, if, if you look, if you're honest and you've been in this community for a long time, you know downtown was like any downtown, right? It, you know, back in the 70s, it, you know, everybody moved away, et cetera. Suffered. Yeah, many Malls got built, the suburbs blew up. Yes. That all happened. All of that. Yeah. Now, some have recovered quicker, right? So some have already, go back to Greenville, there's one of those, right, that downtown is just thriving. I would say we're at the very start of that. If you look downtown and you go downtown, yes, our buildings, there are still some that are empty. But what has happened is they've now changed hands. Mm -hmm. Now it is. They're about to start filling those buildings up. You know, in this morning's newspaper, a steakhouse was talked about, right? Yeah. So think about that. You know, you've already got two new hotels if you look at the plans for some of the folks. So I'm excited because I realize property has changed hands and now they're about to start to fill downtown. And do something with all that property. With all that property. That's exactly right. So that's a, to me, you're starting to see that. And I do believe, as we just talked about, all these influences of people coming from other parts of our country from wherever they're from are going to influence of what happens there Mm -hmm. and certainly i see that as part of our job is to try to help make sure that we're growing so as you said some of these young people coming here want to stay here i'm most excited how do we get the ones as well that are here become entrepreneurs and stay here how do we create that next group right when they phase out and it's time for them to leave or time for them to retire um how do we get them to to create a startup and and make augusta home for that startup and be the next tax layer or um you know whatever it is that they choose to invest in how do we how do we get them to make this home base and to me that seems like almost an attitude that augusta is like trying to adopt is like you have permission in augusta if you want to build something, like do we it. We want it. We yes. want it. Figure it yeah. out. We'll we'll help you figure it out because right. we want it here. And I do see a change in uh, the Augusta community changing and being accepting of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I do see a change. So um, it's exciting. You know, a meeting, Kayla, you and I were at. Actually, Josh was there too two nights ago. You know, there's a young man that's currently. Um, uh, one of the units out at the fort, but Cyber on the side. Cyber Protection Brigade, yeah, right. But is already creating a company. Mm-hmm. And we said, how do we keep him here? That's the goal. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think we're moving that way. You can see right. it. Um, so that's the exciting part. I think so, too. We had some um, folks from Canada down this morning um, who we connected with through the consulate, and we we did a visit there a few months ago. And we were talking about Communitech and Waterloo and the energy that they've been able to build there. Um, And they've been around, was it 19 years that they've been developing this? And they've got a really... Uh, a large tech-focused community um, because of BlackBerry. And I think that the move of our cyber here is something that the community as a whole just has to embrace and say, you know, we are home to the Augusta National. We have the beautiful Savannah River here, um, home of James Brown. There are a million wonderful things about Augusta. We've got the state's only public medical college and dental college, and we've got this great research university, but now we're the home of our cyber too. And how do we capitalize off of that? And how do we, how do we take every opportunity that we can um, to be better and, you know, build this beautiful training facility we're in? And Well, you know, the question's often asked, why Augusta for this facility, right? And we talked about the napkin story a little bit. But why Augusta is because some of the smartest men and women in this country are in Augusta because of the uh, missions of Fort Gordon. It is that talent pool that even Atlanta, you know, when everybody thinks about Georgia, Atlanta's an incredible city and a lot going on and there's a lot of benefits. But the talent pool that exists in Augusta, Georgia, when you're thinking about cyber in that IT world, I mean, we have the talent pool, right? So that's why Augusta. Can't right? move the fort to Atlanta. Can't move it. Yep. Not going to move that. And 
you know, if we can encourage this talent to stay in Georgia, some will stay in Augusta, right? Um, so, you know, that's our goal. And uh, to your point, there's a lot of uh, sporting events that happen here. You know, we're in a great location between two and a half hours to the mountains or the coast or Atlanta or Charlotte. But um, what we build here in our local community and how we support these young entrepreneurs and the ability to bring their innovation to fruition, um, it's exciting. And um, I do think we're, we're putting down some foundation for that. So a lot of people refer to this kind of as a cyber tsunami. Um, how, you know, and we are, we're all under this really unique umbrella with the Georgia Cyber Center and Augusta University and um, the Cyber Institute and School of Computer and Cyber Sciences at Augusta University. Um, how has Pres- or President Keel, Dr. Keel, supported this? I know that that's been really instrumental in this entire project. And kind of a two-part question, um, how has... How is the cyber tsunami changing Augusta University as a whole? Well, if you think about it, Augusta University has uh, got a long history. And, of course, Dr. Keel was a graduate of both when the schools, you know, we're a consolidated school. It used to be Augusta State and used to be the Medical College of Georgia. Mm-hmm. A few other names in between there. We won't go into all that. But <laughs> So if you think about it, he's a graduate of both, right? And... Um, and so he has been instrumental in being supportive of, of the cyber tsunami, as he calls it. Um, but the Medical College of Georgia is, you know, 100-something years old. And so you've got a lot of name recognition. I believe, I will be correct when I say this, that we will be known at Augusta University more worldwide and more well-known because of what we do in cyber. You can only graduate, you know, a couple hundred of medical students a year. The number of individuals that will come through Augusta and Augusta University for education and training and the Georgia Cyber Center, which is part of our campus, those numbers are just huge. And, and people in this field are going to travel all over the world. I believe Augusta University becomes known more as a cyber school that's nothing against the medical college. I just think if you're just truly talking about identification and branding, I think that's what we become known as. Now, you can have multiple, you know, what you're known for. Um, being the state's only um, public medical school, I mean, that is an incredible um, of what we have there, and we train the state's doctors. Um, but... The second part is, you know, Dr. Keel was uh, wanted to see this as a campus. And initially, we, you know, this piece of property, we did a proposal for a project that was actually a Department of Energy project um, over at the Savannah River site, um, which was the advanced manufacturing. We did not. We, we did a proposal. Uh, had buildings on this campus. Um, we lost out on that bid. Uh, USC Aiken won that. Uh, but that was also part of the influence of giving you what you could do on this campus, right? What what buildings could look like down here? Yep. Um, but I will point out that fast forward a few years and we have buildings on our campus. <laughs> <laughs> and they're beautiful. And That's right. They're almost full. Like it, Yes. Yeah. And some of the other projects just mentioned have not come to fruition <laughs> yet because of lack of funding. Well, and to me, it's interesting how versus like the Medical College of Georgia, which has its long history, it's been here for a very long time. It's interesting to me how with the way that colleges are changing and universities have to change to meet the current world that we all yes. live in, how cyber presented us with an opportunity to really serve the community in like a very new, but like much needed way. So yeah, gosh, think about it. Dr. Keel talks about um, 16, for, 16 for 30, which is 16,000 students by the year of 2030. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's a heavy lift for any university as we're going through what is being described as a uh, 
what do they call it, a, uh, a student, uh, it's a drop-off, just in the number of students that are in the country of that age group, right? So it's a competition of where you get your students. This is a natural-built pipeline here in Augusta to take advantage of. And I think when you think of the technical college system with Augusta Tech and Augusta University in the buildings being able to feed off of each other and the training that uh, Army Cyber and Army Cyber Center of Excellence does out at Fort Gordon, the pool of individuals coming through that are going to seek some form of education and training, we have a supply line that very few communities have. That's pretty special. And um, with the rapid development of the center, it, right? Like it proved a point of like we're here. Like no other state put a hundred plus million dollars in cash into a facility. It put us at the tip of the spear, right? In cash. So before we even get to the day of innovating the next new software or widget. The fact that we did it in cash, the fact that the building was stood up from a field to a fully constructed building in 387 days, the fact that you have a technical college and a university under the same roof, there's a lot of innovation that went in just to that to get us to this point um, as we just getting started. Right. Yep. I think it's amazing that people, you know, not just with the investment in the building, but that people locally and um, community leadership, including Dr. Keel, have really just put their money where their mouth is. And um, Dr. Keel has made it possible for the School of Computer and Cyber Sciences to grow. And the fact that they are able to hire 30 new researchers over the next few years and how many this year, eight to 10 already, that they've yep. been able to bring on and are officially yes. working um, on this campus. It's just incredible that we have this opportunity and people have have understood it and embraced it from the beginning and said, we are going to make this work and we're going to we're going to meet you there and be the best that we can be here um, because you have all these people coming down. But if you don't have the infrastructure in place to support that and whether that's K-12 education, which we're working through or transportation, which we're working through or, you know, your university being able to handle that or the technical college system, um, because people coming in are certainly going to invest in computer science degrees and, um, you know, better themselves and, and get that education. But they're also going to get political science degrees. And, um, you know, they've created the new Masters of Arts and Information Security Studies under Dr. Albert at the university. Um, and they're preparing to handle that influx of students that they're going to get who just – they might not need the computer science background, but they want the policy background right, side of it. Cyber operator, they're more of a policy and like an advisor, advisor position. Right. Yeah, I, well, you said it. It's the fact that Dr. Keel has put his money where his mouth is, and you know he's like dedicating dedicated resources to hiring thirty new researchers. That's pretty Insane. incredible, right? Um, but it's taking advantage of what you're given. And he has absolutely had a great vision for this. Um, and to get Dr. Alex Schwartzman to hire him in to be the, the dean of the new school, it's, um, that alone is transformational for Augusta University. And ultimately to have 30 researchers in Augusta to be able to work with a all of those resident partners to be able to work with Department of Energy, Department of Defense, um, that's a game changer. Right. The technical college piece is so important, too, with Augusta Tech and um, the benefits that they offer. Not everyone needs a four-year degree. Some people are trying to augment something they already have, build a skill set. Um, others might just be trying this out and saying, we have this great opportunity in the area. How do I become a part of that? Um, you have a lot of students on this campus who are who are getting certificates just to um, see if it's something they want to do. It's uh, you know, Augusta Tech is a is a big part of from the very beginning of the vision. To your point, not everybody needs the four year degree, and Augusta Tech has um, 
done an incredible job and it has helped them as well as they are, you know, part of their mission is workforce development. Um, it's exciting to watch them grow. I never thought about it until the beginning of this semester and I looked outside and I saw a school bus pull up. I thought it was another tour of the building, <laughs> but it, I, I never even thought about the fact that they have dual enrollment. So, you know, it's that right. pathway from high school into the technical college system. There's that pathway, right? As we listen to Sarah, who's one of our uh, one of our leadership here on the campus, you know, we have to build the pipeline before they get to Augusta Tech or Augusta University. And to be able to see that pipeline start already coming into the building through dual enrollment through Augusta Tech is pretty important. Right. Right. And field trips, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Field trips are a huge part of it. Sarah had 150 eighth graders here last year from Davidson Fine Arts who, you know, Davidson is, it's a magnet school. I went there. You have a son there. It's a magnet school focused on fine arts, but they're heavy in academics as well, but they don't have that natural pipeline into cyber for their students. And they're developing that as they see the need to catch up with what's coming here. And from, to that point, not just STEM, but STEAM education. Right. Davidson kind of sees that as, you know, an opportunity, which is awesome. Well, as we know, and as I have learned, because I am not a cyber person per se, um, you know, it's all about being able to solve problems, be a critical thinker, mm -hmm. right? And so when you think about those individuals at Davidson, why not look to somebody like, you know, to a school like that can be a, a, you know, part of that pipeline. I think it's amazing. There's a young man over there just, and I know from visiting the school that designed on a 3d printer, a violin. I mean, a working violin, right? Well, he is, so he, you know, when you talk about that and you dig into that individual and when I, what I learned about him is he knows, knows how to solve problems, right? Mm -hmm. Well, he's a Davison. He may not be someone that you think about as in a math or whatever your typical um, cyber person comes from. also there. At, and then you follow that up with technical knowledge and... Yes. Just, it's great. And Sarah certainly does an incredible job of... of trying to open those pathways up. Um, that's, that's one exciting. thing I've really learned from her is that it's not about, you know, having this natural technical ability, which I certainly do not have, but it's about the curiosity aspect and um, asking more questions and being able to, to put puzzles together. And that's one thing that they do with some of the younger students is they give them puzzles, true puzzles, like puzzles for toddlers and they have and they take pieces out and they put different pieces in and um, they have to work with different people in the room and you can have a hundred different students in the room all trying to figure out this one set of puzzles that are, are made for three-year-olds but um, you know to watch them go through that and say oh you don't have to know how to code as a sixth grader or whatever it is or have this natural inclination it's for great if you do but it's okay if you're focused on solving problems, right. being a team player, those sorts of things. It's all of that plays into any career, but especially cybersecurity, computer science, technical careers. So if you think, you know, when Sarah was creating the, um, the scenario um, for whenever school groups were going to come visit, she did the test group of Davidson, right? Mm -hmm. And so she's got these, uh, I guess, uh, different uh, riddles around the center. Uh, it's almost like an escape room type of like activity. Scattered, scattered yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And so she had these, and so they came in to do to be the kind of the test pilot group. And they came in, and she had one of those was binary code. One of those young students walks up to it and reads it. Didn't go to his phone or computer just read it and they went through the building and finished within about half the time anticipated mm -hmm. now sarah did the same thing with a group of adults 
who couldn't finish it. Who work in this building. <laughs> work in, yeah. So, you know, I remember that. And I was like, so one of them could actually read the, 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 the zeros and ones. Right, just put them together. <laughs> just put them like, together. Just, you can just do that. <laughs> awesome. But, yes, uh, you know, back to the fact of um, working with our high schools and creating that pipeline. Uh, I know, so K-12 is one of those, K-12 education is one of those infrastructure pieces that we've really had to tackle um, because folks moving down here are used to having those types of cyber and tech-related programs um, in the school system. And we, you know, we do we do have programs, but um, it's just a different way of thinking and a different type of education that those folks are used to for their children. So how have we tackled that problem, not just within, you know, field trips here, but really throughout the community? How have the, the surrounding counties kind of stepped up to the plate to prepare? Well, certainly each of the counties want to be able to adapt to what they're hearing they need to. Mm -hmm. You know, it it wasn't a, a good story to begin with because we were told you're not ready. And when they said you're not ready, it wasn't just as we're talking about the workforce, it was our K through 12. Mm -hmm. But everyone has responded and said, all right, what is it that we need to do? Um, you've got superintendents from our surrounding counties that are all, you know, the Cyber Center hosted. Over 50 teachers and superintendents came in here a few weeks ago, and it's going to become a bi-monthly meeting, an exchange of ideas. Sarah set up a site for them to go to to be able to share resources that she had already put in there, but it's... Which, isn't it, isn't it wild just how, like... The, the basic idea of just getting everyone in a room together. Yeah. like it, it, <laughs> Revolutionary. Right. And, but you do it, and then you decide to do it regularly. And, and they start sharing stories just on that first initial meeting in that night, yeah. right? So if you think about that, that's a sharing of resources. Well, the Cyber Center helps with that. We're the, you know, we talk about being the conveners, Right. But if you also look at that, Fort Gordon, they are also helpful in that they encourage uh, members of the service to go and become mentors and go into the schools. And there's some of their efforts, I don't know the names of the programs, of where they make sure that they go out and somebody's in each of the schools, right? Then you've got Tom Clark's group, um, the Alliance group, Fort Gordon Alliance, that they work on K through 12 problems in the, you know, in the surrounding mm -hmm. region, not just one or two counties. So if you look at it, I think we're responding well. You can't solve some of your K through 12 uh, problems overnight, but I see each of, uh, I see everyone pitching in and also helping with that. Again, Fort Gordon knows for two reasons. It's the families that are moving here, so they want the schools to be what they are, you know, to a to meet the expectations expectations of where they left. Yep. And so they're they're offering up resources to help with that. And then secondly, to create the next wave of their workforce. Our partners have really stepped up to the plate. Tom Clark being one of those. Um, Dr. Clark you know, leads the CSRA Alliance for Fort Gordon, but also the Alliance for Cyber Se Alliance for Cybersecurity Education, um, and they've done a ton to bring in um, different camps. You know, um, Cyber Patriot here. We only had a couple of teams just a few years ago, and then I think this year we were it was a huge event this year. It was huge, and then there were two different camps that were, um, you know, sponsored by Dr. Tom Clark, but also by industry partners in the area who were able to put money forward to bring these kids in and get them each laptops and put them on teams and bring in mentors. And I think Dr. Clark had one of the, the top areas in the nation for numbers of um, yes. students and camps this year. Um, can you just talk a little bit about Cyber Patriot and how we are getting those kids in the building in other ways other than field trips? Well, you know, it is the camps that you get during the summer. So we did Gen Cyber mm -hmm. as well, right? We started with one camp, ended up with three camps. I mean, communities, 
you know, try to get those camps to locate in their community. And many of them aren't successful at getting one. And yet we had three, you know, yeah. two for students, one for um, teachers. Then you think about the cyber patriots. I think we started with less than five teams in the community. And last year it was over 160. It's just wild. And it's back to what the last answer to a question was that's, you know, it's made possible by mentors, right? It's possible by what Tom Clark does. Um, as I traveled in Maryland and back to Texas again, and some of uh, the alliance went to Alabama, it is those types of activities that we saw existed in those communities. And if you think about when we were in Canada, I can't remember the lady's name, but remember they were a community when we were in Ottawa, mm -hmm. I believe it was, where they had been working on K through 12 and had lots of camps that were there. Those are some foundational pieces that we have now put in place. Um, what's the latest one we've got? Girls Who Code? Yeah, there's Brown Girls Who Code. Um, there's Girls Go Cyber Start. That's the one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we had 120 Girl Scouts here mm -hmm. last weekend or two yeah, weekends ago. Yeah. It was incredible, honestly. It right. Really was. For, a, for a cyber event. Um, and these aren't girls who are ne necessarily technical Girl Scouts. They just, you know, it's it's part of, of the path that they take. We had the Southeastern Collegiate Penetration Testing Competition here. Did I get that one right? Yes, you did. It's a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, and that wasn't that, that was for college students, but um, just a, the number of students that we bring here, and you're bringing them into this facility, and you're showing them that coding and cyber doesn't necessarily mean you have a hoodie on, and you're in your parents' basement, and you're on this computer in the dark. Um, it can be in this beautiful building overlooking the Savannah River, um, and it doesn't have to be sitting at your computer alone. It's it's critical thinking, it's teamwork, yes. um, it's working with other people. It's not this dark thing that you're doing and get in trouble for, right? Well, and what's the one I think Karen Nixon uh, just sent out uh, that's they're getting ready to do a competition for middle and high schoolers. It just went out yesterday. Is it a CTF, I believe? Yes, it is. Yeah, that Parsons is hosting. Yes, that Parsons, again, yeah. one of our resident partners mm -hmm. giving back to the ecosystem, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's 150 total. But again, this is directed at middle school and high school. It's awesome. Uh, uh, just another activity that's, you know, bridging with our um, uh, with our school systems, with our the building itself, the Georgia Cyber Center, and with our resident partners. And the thing that keeps bouncing around in my head is that something that we've been really effective at is just meeting people where they're at. Right. However, they end up at the center, whether it's K through 12, whether it's a non-traditional student coming back for a graduate degree, or it's a industry partner that needs space and they can support the mission of the center. We're ready to meet people where they're at. Absolutely. It's that's to me was one of our biggest achievements is that we're able under one roof. If you're look, you know, is that whole spectrum of education and training wherever it is in there that you need whether you're a student or non-traditional student coming back or wherever it is and now to even all that we're talking about to reach down in through the k through 12 finding ways of influencing that pipeline that's pretty special that to me that's probably one of our biggest achievements so we've talked a lot about what we've done and the strides that we've made so far that are all incredible, but kind of a call to action for the community and for, for people coming to visit. Um, what work do you think we have left to do? Innovation. Yeah. That's to me, I am because of all the things we've just talked about, know that there is a all hands on deck with a lot of super smart people working on training. Right. Um, I feel very comfortable about that. Take some of our earlier conversation about the amount of talent that's in Augusta. Whether they stay here or not is up to us. 
we have to we have to build that ecosystem both in the campus and outside of the campus just like the education i think the foundation is there but where i see uh, the work that at least I'm focusing on and where I think others are going to be focusing on is the innovation piece. With some of the partners that are moving in, as we talked about, it's not just Class A office space. How are you giving back? What they're doing as a service out at the fort is they are providing solutions. They are doing innovation. How do we take that? How do we take the DOD how do we embrace that and create the environment so that whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a military application, but how do we use the talent in the mentors that have created stuff to help others uh, see their ideas through to um, find a way to harness that and grow that piece? That's the part that I think Augusta um, that's where the next, to me, that's the next thing to work on. Yeah, I definitely see our, um, not our mission, but our focus, our focus shifting towards innovation, especially as this, we're sitting in the Shaffer-McCartney building. So as this building starts to fill up and we do bring in partners like 2-6 Labs who have an innovation mission and our future partners on the fourth, or fifth floor here, um, I definitely see our focus. It, in two shifting. years, if we do another podcast, I hope we're able to talk about all the things that have occurred in the world of innovation, like we're talking about <clears throat> that has occurred with education and training. Because I do believe we have made we have made a great deal of strides in that area. I hope we have an interview and we talk about, look what's occurred, look what's going on. Um, foundations here, the talents here, it's now putting it all together. So one last question, just to, to close it out. Yes. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite hidden gem in Augusta? Fats trails. Oh, I should have guessed that. I should have known <laughs> you were going to say that. Okay, so explain that to people who aren't here. So Fats trails is Forks Area Trail System. Google it. You'll find it. It's a national forest. It's over 30 miles of trails incredible trails people come it probably 80 percent of the use is mountain bikers probably about 10 percent are runners such as myself you like to trail run and probably 10 percent are hikers incredible asset you see license plates from just other states people drive here to have access to that it's an awesome area. And as we've seen more people come to the community, I've started seeing more yeah. states showing up throughout That's the awesome. week. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Michael. This was awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Other Duties as Assigned, a podcast recorded out of the garage at the Georgia Cyber Center. We'd like to extend a special thank you to Michael Schaffer for dedicating his time to the podcast this morning. Thanks so much.